Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Who's dancing now, as I always like to start off the show, considering this is my theme music. It just it just happened to be Comet. Anita Marks with you. How about, how about guys, we've got Jake and Jacob who are producing the show, guys. How about Anita at night, whenever I, uh, I, I do fill in? in this time spot, uh, as opposed to, uh, the Saturday and Sunday and late Friday night and early Sunday morning. Anyway, uh, welcome in, by the way, Mets, uh, they have a rain delay right now, top of the first. So, uh, nothing happening there. We'll see. There's some reports that they're going to get going again around seven 30. There's some reports that, uh, that the worst of, uh, the rainstorms, um, haven't hit yet. And they're about to, uh, to, to, to come down pretty hard and that that game might be rescheduled. So we will keep you posted. I know a big night tonight. A lot of Mets fans expecting, hoping that Max Scherzer uh, get a glimpse of him back in action after seven weeks off. So uh, unfortunately, that is not happening right now, but we will keep you posted. Also, as for the Yankees, they are back in action. They were off yesterday, so now they've got a two-game series against the Pirates. Um, that kicks off in just a few minutes, by the way, for folks who like to put a little money on the game. I love the Yankees on the run line. I also, you get that at minus 120. I also like the Yankees over five and a half runs tonight, and you can get that at minus 104. Um, Tyone, of course, going up against his former team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, uh, and by the way, Clay Holmes as well. Did you know that, Jake? I know you're a huge Yankees fan did you know it's not just Tyone it's it's also it's Clay Holmes as well yes I did know that and it's funny because they actually had a graphic the other day of all of the players that the Pittsburgh Pirates have traded away over the years and if they actually just kept them they would probably have one of the better rotations in baseball between Garrett Cole Tyone Glasnow Shane Baz from Tampa Bay they've traded away all of these really good young pitchers that if they kept but again, unfortunately for organizations like the Pirates, the A's, they're just not in the same league as the Yankees. So it's nice to see that we got some of those good players like Cole, Tyone, and good old Clay Holmes. Yeah, we heard uh, just coming in uh, before we started the show that Rizzo has been scratched from the lineup. So uh, he will not be, as I like to call it, active and attractive. But uh, Quintana is going to pitch for the Pirates. He's 1-4 with a 3-2-0 ERA. Let's keep in mind this is a, a Pirates team that gave up 32 runs to the Milwaukee Brewers this past series. So, And we know how great this Yankees lineup is. That's why probably my favorite wager is over 5.5 runs tonight. Um, of course, we'll, we'll stay on top of this game for you. First pitch is right now. So, um, as I like to say, hashtag run, don't walk, get to that window as quickly as you can. The Pirates 32 and 47 on the season, 19 and 22 at home. Um, now, uh, now, now Tyone, by the way, has, even though his, his record nine and one with a three, three, two ERA, uh, first glimpse of that, you're like, Oh yeah, man, great season. His last six starts. No bueno. Haven't been great. Four, five, nine ERA. 
Um, you know, a lot of the, the reason he's nine and one and he's got such a great record is uh, because of this Yankees lineup who are, they're averaging six runs a game. So, um, so keep that in mind. Also, uh, Tyone, I, I was just in, in preparing for the show today, um, stumbled across, I, I knew that he had two John, Tommy John surgeries, but was not aware that he was a survivor of testicular cancer. So, um, so kudos to him. That's for sure. Um, God bless. Uh, and so uh, again, Yankees, uh, that game starts right now again, throughout the next three hours with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Possibly here's the thing. If this Mets, if this Mets game does get off, uh, within the next 30 minutes. Okay. And, and there's a possibility if this Mets game does get off and in the next 30 minutes, maybe gentlemen, I don't know about you. Maybe we'll extend it an hour. Maybe we'll do because you know, it's, 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 it's a big night. For Mets fans, you know, Scherzer back in action. Uh, haven't seen him in quite a while. So um, if, if this Mets game does get into action around 730, then maybe we'll consider doing a Mets uh, postgame show. Maybe we'll extend the show an hour. Not sure. We will keep you posted on the weather conditions uh, in regard to the Mets. But as we know, Scherzer, seven weeks off. He has that oblique strain. That was the reason why um, his, his second rehab start, he had eight strikeouts in 80 pitches. Also, you guys, do you hear what he did for the minor league team? Did you guys uh, did you guys hear this report? I want to I want to pull up my screenshot. I, I took a screenshot of it. Here we go. Um, so I guess you know whenever a, a big a big leaguer makes a rehab appearance in the minors, it's typical for them to purchase like the pre or post game spread. Did you guys know this? Like yeah. this is a thing. This it, is a thing. Yeah, right? I was fond of it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, whenever, whenever I, I make a hole in one in golf, you know, it's like, you know, you walk in and like it's shots on you in the 18th, on the, on the 19th hole. So you're buying you, shots all the time, basically. Were, exactly. <laughs> were you, <laughs> I've never had a hole in one in my life. Can you believe that? In your as, entire as life. As much golf as I play, wow. I've never had a hole in one in my entire life. Not the it's lucky ridiculous. you. Not lucky you need it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But nonetheless, um, it's like that. Anyway. Um, so Wednesday night where, uh, Scherzer, I, I guess, you know, he had his, his last rehab start. Um, he went above and beyond and I, I'm reading this from the tweet I, I screenshot, um, and, uh, shelling out big cash for a locker room feast that included bone and ribeye. I don't know about you. Like, I, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, but like whatever, whenever you could get any type of meat that, that is a bone in to me, it's a hundred times better. Like, like if there's a bone, like my thing is a filet, if there's a bone in filet on the menu, man, I am all in. Like, do you, do you, like I taste, do you guys taste the difference between a bone in and a regular? I, 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 I love myself a good steak for sure. But I was reading this story too, about him treating, you know, the teammates to all these meals. And I was just thinking, how cool, I mean, I actually read that minor league players don't necessarily make, you know, the most money. So when a guy like Max Scherzer or Jacob no, DeGrom. They, and they take, and their transportation is bus. Yeah, exactly. They take buses. So they when, don't even fly places. So it can only, I can only imagine how cool it must be for a future first ballot Hall of Famer like Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom to be on the team buying you guys all dinner that must be one of the coolest experiences of their entire lives and to anita to your point yes anything with the bone in tastes so much better thank it you just absorbs thank the, you i was waiting for one of you to i'm like oh man maybe maybe, it, it maybe absor- they're vegetarians maybe you know you, they don't it, eat meat. it absorbs the juices you know oh all the man natural- here's 
Here, oh, here's hun- you got me hungry. Jacob, now. here's a little. Here's another little nugget for you. Um, do you, you ever have bone marrow? Yes, a, f- a couple. So times, what actually. I like to do is I like to order a side of bone marrow and I like to spread the bone marrow all over my steak. See, I haven't tried that. I don't oh. know if I'm a uh, at that now, I don't, level yet. Now I don't know. I don't know if that's what Max Scherzer did for. But anyway, let me complete. Let me, let me continue this story. So on Wednesday, Scherzer went above and beyond, selling out shelling out big cash for a locker room feast that included bone and ribeye filet mignon lobster apparently it was it was over seven thousand dollars the meal but come on the dude's got it um it, wait it even gets better right he bought everybody airpods now here's what my question is were they were they the cancel out airpods because those make all the difference. Oh, that's the a noise. Big, that's a big difference. I feel like the you, noise cancel the noise cancellation AirPods. If eh, you don't have those, sorry, you're like you're not in. You're those. not in it to win it. If they if they weren't the noise cancellation, you weren't in it to win it. I'm just laughing because I'm I'm reading just some details about this dinner, and of course the Mets minor league team name is the Rumble Ponies. So watching him just like in that jersey is just making me laugh. Seeing Max Scherzer, one of the craziest guys in Major League Baseball, wearing a Rumble Ponies jersey. So he handed out AirPods. Um, so anyway, I, I just wanted to share that story with you. Like, you know, what what a good guy, right? Like, what what a, what a good dude. So, oh, do you have you have the you have the cut of what of of the feast, the meal? Of uh, yeah, the um, Scherzer. Yeah, we have them chewing it. on the the food. <laughs> you have Imagine. them chew. All right, let's listen, <laughs> let's listen in on them chewing on the bone in ribeye. The post game spread. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Any details? They're eating well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> They're eating well tonight. So anyway, uh, unfortunately, again, if you're just tuning in, Anita Marks with you tonight. Mets game. As of right now, rain delay. They made it to the top of the first. <laughs> really nothing to write home there. Zero, zero, no score. Um, we will keep you posted. Hopefully this game will happen. I know big. this is one of the big storylines tonight. We were really excited about it. We were going to extend the show an hour and take it to 11 o'clock. Maybe we'll still do so uh, if, of course, they get into action anytime soon. So um, uh, I, I also uh, just just to kind of share with you what we got going on this show. Uh, Mark Spears from ESPN is going to join us in the eight o'clock hour. We're going to talk a lot of a lot of Major League Baseball. Keep you up to up to speed on what's going on with the Yankees. Also, obviously, still front and center. What's the hot topic? NBA. And I I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like every day. It's a different story. It's a different report. It's a different when it comes to Katie and Kyrie in the Nets. Like every day it's something new. Like once you think like, oh, all right, this is the report. Okay, I understand. I see it. Oh, yeah, okay. I understand why this. And then all of a sudden, no, wait, what? Like, like I just, I, I, feel like, I feel like reports change each and every day. And now the latest is, you know, are, are, are both Kyrie and, and Katie even going to be traded from the Nets? You know, are they even, is that even going to happen? So anyway, and, and, and Mark Spears, of course, came out this past week and he was the one who kind of threw out the notion that uh, the Golden State Warriors actually have the best roster in the NBA in order to make both Katie and the Nets happy because the Nets want the world and Katie wants to go to a team that can win now. Well, <laughs> I mean... Talk about having your cake and eating it too. Um, somebody, somebody's going to be a loser there 
unfortunately. That's why now apparently if this is going to happen, it's going to entail three or four teams. It's going to be a multitude of picks, a multitude of players. So this is a deal that apparently is, has to, needs some time to season and simmer and develop and cook up. So anyway, Mark Spears, who covers the NBA for ESP, and he's going to join us at 8.30 tonight. We'll get the latest, the update from him. And I booked Stefania Bell for the show tonight. Um, you know, I, I thought because, again, Scherzer starting tonight, DeGrom, Looked great in his first rehab appearance down in St. Lucie. He's got another one scheduled for Friday. I thought it'd be great. Stefania Bell, so great. The best in the business. ESPN's so lucky to have her in regard to uh, injuries and updates and what that means. So Stefania Bell is going to join us on the show at 9 o'clock tonight and give us uh, an update in regard to um, uh, both Scherzer. What, what, What is the concern right now? Because this is really interesting. The re-injury percentage in Major League Baseball for starting pitchers who have oblique injuries is almost 11%. Okay? That's, that's, that's quite frightening. So that's why it's so, so important that uh, Scherzer was on the shelf for as long as he was. And, and, and how this workload, like, like if this game goes off tonight, the expectation is that he would go six innings and about, and about 90 pitches. So um, wh- why the ramp-up is important. And, and he more than likely is going to get three starts before the All-Star break, okay? That's the game plan. And then he'll have the All-Star break, a, a nice little rest period, and then see how he comes back, hopefully ready, ready to dish it out um, for the second half, along with DeGrom. So Stefania Bell from ESPN is going to join us as well. Uh, Connor Rogers, who does a great job covering the Mets, uh, for Bleacher Report, as well as SNY, is going to join us as well. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. So Anita Marks with you tonight for the next three hours. A lot going on. Obviously, Yankees and Pirates in action. We'll keep you posted on the Mets game. A lot of NBA talk. Um, and, and a lot going on in our wide, wide world of sport. From Joey Chestnut and um, those who bet the under, like myself, getting refunded. Thank you very much. We'll dive into that. <laughs> um, Brittany, Brittany Griner uh, appealing to Biden. As we know, she's stuck over there in Russia, and it's pretty unfortunate. Uh, so, uh, you know, a, a lot going on. We could touch on, on, on some, uh, some NFL as well. As Of course, we know that we're just less than a month away from uh, the Giants and the Jets and, and, and all NFL teams uh, starting to uh, for their rookies to um, uh, appear and, uh, and, and start their, their, their training camp. And before we know it, the NFL season's going to be here. And nobody's happier about that than me. So anyway, a lot going on tonight. And by the way, how is everybody's uh, 4th of July? Did you guys have a fun 4th of July? Did you guys do anything? Do you, do you go out to watch the fireworks? It, yeah, so you know I just moved to the... Uh... I know I you're big say, time. You stud. You got a bachelor now. pad in, yeah. in in the city. I but know. I know a, what time it is with there you. There is I know. a beautiful park uh, on the east side where we just sat a couple of my friends and we just watched the fireworks and it was really nice. And I know our country has had its ups and downs over the last few years, but I'm still very proud to be an American and I do believe that we have, you know, a great country that allows us to be able to do a lot of great things. So um, I celebrated yesterday. Had a really nice day. How was your Fourth of July? Well, I worked. I filled in for uh, Rick and Dave in the morning. Um, and then I went and I played golf uh, in the afternoon. No hole-in-ones, though. 
I went out to Rivervale Country Club. No holes in one. I told you, I've, I have never. I, I know not that's had why a, I'm just confirming again. I have I, not I had a hole in it. one. I can't believe uh, the amount of golf that you play. You would think you would fall into one, maybe. Here, I, really quick, and, and I don't want to derail too much because I, I know we got Connor Rogers who's going to be joining us at 7.30 in just a few minutes, um, and, uh, and, and, and I, I do want to get into some, some Major League Baseball talk, but just to share with you, so, so I grew up in, in a big golfing family. My, my grandfather, my uncle, my dad, they were all like, I wouldn't say scratch golfers, but like single handicap guys, like five sevens, they were great. And my grandfather, he just, he hit the ball so straight, straighter than anyone. He was, he just, he, he just, didn't didn't hit it far, just straight, always always in the fairway, like always ten feet from the green, and then and he putted extremely well, right? My grandfather had four holes in one. Now keep in mind, I'm from Miami. The story is, I'm sharing it with you right now. Now now I'm from Miami. Grew up, you know, born and raised in Miami. Miami Dolphins. My family, big big Miami Dolphins fans. My grandfather, are you ready for this? He had four hole in ones. And when you have a hole in one, typically what you do is you have the store, the, the, the scorecard signed by your threesome. You guys know that, right? Or no? I'm not a big hockey, Maybe but I'm, I'm loving the story. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not okay. hockey. You're, golf, you mean you're I not mean. a big, yeah, not a big you're not a, you're not a big sorry. golf fan, yes, but you're loving the story. He's not tuned okay. in at all. So the, so the first, <laughs> so the first hole in one my grandfather gets, he's playing in a celebrity golf tournament with Dan Marino, and wow. so he has Dan Marino sign his sign his his hole in one card. How many Second people, well, how many people do you think have that in the world? Their own hole-in-one signed by Dan Marino? Probably just my grandfather. That's what I'm saying. That's awesome. Which, but, okay, wait, wait. It gets better. Okay. My grandfather's second hole-in-one, mm-hmm. he's playing in a celebrity golf tournament with Don Strock. Do you guys even remember who Don Strock was? No, but I was no. about to say, he, he wow, like the I Miami. did. <laughs> Gotta add to the lore. He quarterback for the Miami. He was he was like he was he was the backup quarterback to to Dan Marino. He was he's you know he he never was a great superstar starting quarterback, but he he always he'd come in he'd help them win. But he was like um, he was the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins back in the day. Now Anita, don't right? tell me his third hole in one was signed by the third string quarterback because then I'm not going to believe this story if you tell me that. His third wait, his third <laughs> his third his third hole in one was was he scored with Jim Jensen. I bet you guys don't even remember Jim Jensen, do you? Jim Jensen was this 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 uh ar- Swiss army knife player for the Dolphins. Like he played quarterback, he played tight end, he played wide receiver, he you know, he played special teams. He was like this like and an huge fan favorite. No, I'm looking it and, up. I still don't see much. But so, is there anyone on the fourth and, golf ball? Just, just Google Google Jim Jensen Dolphins. It'll come up. Okay. And then, last but not least, I save the best for last. His last hole in one, again, another another celebrity tournament with um, uh, head coach uh, Don Shula. Well, I definitely know who Don Shula. That's awesome. And I have a question for well, you, good. I guess. Is that crazy? That is actually a what? really good story. So if you do finally get a hole-in-one when you're playing golf and a magic genie comes out of the golf hole and says, Anita, I will, I will allow mm-hmm. any athlete, dead or alive, to sign this golf ball mm-hmm. for you, which athlete are you choosing? Ooh. Only one. This is your gonna... first ever golf ball. You want to you wanna marinate in it a little bit? I'm gonna. I have to marinate. All right, it. that's fair. But I want to hear your right, answer. Right before. off, right off, the, right off the bat, right off the bat, I'd say Johnny Unitas. Mm, but I have to. But but I have to. But I I have to. I have to marinate in that. All right, uh, sounds anyway. good. 
All right. I know, I know, I I know we've, we've derailed. Let's, let's, let's get back on track here. Um, And uh, (laughs) again, for folks that are just tuning in, uh, I know it was supposed to be a big night for the Mets and uh, Max Scherzer, but unfortunately it is in a rain delay and there's mixed reports out there. Some reports are that uh, it's going to get going anytime soon. Other reports are that uh, the rain storms are are just, are just starting to kick up and it looks like this game potentially could be rescheduled. Uh, which is pretty disappointing because I was really excited. I don't even want to share with you the number of bets that I had on Max Scherzer tonight that are going to have to be postponed. Uh, but nonetheless, that is the situation. Um, <laughs> um, and so we'll see what happens. Again, I'll, I'll keep you posted. As for the Yankees, as we know, they're taking on the Pirates. Top of the second, no score as of yet. And this is kind of this is a really, really interesting game to watch because both Tyone and Clay Holmes uh, began their careers in Pittsburgh. So uh, there's always, you know, uh, there's always a little special juice, right? A little special action uh, with with players who go up against their former teams, especially teams that drafted them, especially where their te- where, where, where their where their careers really began. Um, but with that being said, I, I just, you know, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday about the Mets and the Yankees. Listen, this is a great time to be just a, a, a baseball fan in New York. And, and I don't, here, here's another thing. I, w- I want to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. I know about you guys, but like I pay, I pay a lot of attention to people around me. I'm, I'm somewhat of like a people watcher. I find people really interesting. I find personalities. I, I'm someone like, I'll strike up a conversation with anyone. I don't care. Like, I, I don't know. The most uncomfortable thing for me is when I'm in an elevator and nobody's talking. Like I like I I just I come up with something I say something it's just so I'd rather I'd rather talk to a stranger get to know a stranger than just not say anything at all. And one thing that I'm seeing as of late is a lot of Yankees garb and not so much Mets. And and it's it's and and I have it's like you know what it is this is what it reminds me of you know when you buy that new car you know you know when you buy that new red fire apple fire candy apple red toyota camry and then all of a sudden you're driving around and you're like damn i've seen five today like all of a sudden you start seeing your car because you just bought it now you start like now you start realizing like man man everybody has this car i'm not the only one so i just i I, I, i'm seeing being out and about you know so much yankee garb everywhere very little Mets. And I don't get it because the Mets are, in my opinion, doing just as good as the Yankees are this season. You want to disagree with me? That's fine. With even, but, but, but you have to put this in the equation. And, and, and this is the conversation I had with a friend of mine. You know, who's better, the Mets or the Yankees? If the Mets and the Yankees go to the worst World Series, who's going to win? Like, what do the Yankees have, right? Like, second best, uh, starting pitching ERA in Major League Baseball. Um, behind the Dodgers, by the way. Dodgers have the number one. Their lineup has so much power. It's ridiculous, but there are some flaws. And I pointed them out over the weekend, okay? Uh, especially, like, and not just with Gallo, right, and Hicks. Uh, not just down at the bottom of the, of, of, of the, of the lineup. When, when this Yankees lineup goes up against strong right-handed pitchers, do do your diligence. I did my homework. I went back and I looked. I looked at games that the Yankees have lost, 
and I've looked at games that the Yankees have won by like one run. And they struggle, and I say they, Stanton, Judge, Donaldson, they struggle against strong right-handed pitchers, okay? But there's no denying, right? This is a really powerful lineup. You know, granted, yeah, you know, is, is, is Cashman going to be aggressive as we get closer to the trade deadline? Of course he is. Come on. This team is geared, like, this team is already geared to want to win. He's, the Yankees are only going to try to make it better. Um, I, by the way, I don't think enough is being discussed in, re, in regard to the Carpenter signing, by the way. I, I, think th- I think that signing definitely made this team better as well. Um, I think that there's some talent down in the farm system that I think will be called up that's going to help this team as well. I, I mean, so there's no, like, Yankees are crushing it. But the Mets are crushing it as well. Okay. I, I mean, and, and just a let alone, they're starting pitching. They're crushing it without their two best players. Without Scherzer and DeGrom. And they are crushing it. So, and you look at their lineup, Lindor. I don't think Lindor gets enough credit. I know, you know, Alonzo's been cold as of late. I actually had some money that he was going to hit a home run tonight. But we'll see again if this, this game is played out. Um, Escobar has been great. As of late, I mean, you know, their lineup is solid. Their bullpen, listen, you can argue their bullpen, Diaz has been on fire, right? Bullpen equal, maybe a little bit better on the uh, on on the Mets side. But you, you have to put in the equation that as great as the Mets have been performing this season, second best record in, in, in the National League, you look at the power rankings, definitely depending on what power ranking you're, you're reading, definitely in the top five. Without their two aces, you have to put that in the equation. My friend's like, no, 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 because you don't know. You don't know if Scherzer's going to come back and perform well. You don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy with that oblique. You don't know. I mean, DeGrom is, is, is constantly injured. It's, if it's not one thing, it's another. There's no way he comes. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that <laughs> because you could say the same thing. Listen. The biggest knock on potentially Aaron Judge getting his new $300 plus million deal and why it wasn't offered in the beginning isn't just because he's in his 30s, by the way, but he has not had a great track record of being healthy. In his five major league seasons, like total seasons, only two did he play in more than 115, 115 games. So that's an outlier, that's an outlier situation season that, that, that Aaron Judge is having right now. So I, I just, you know, I, I, I just, I, I feel like we, you have to take into consideration that the Mets are without their two best pitchers. Now, Walker has, has been unbelievable and, and has helped this Mets team win ball games. That's for sure, without Scherzer, without Scherzer being out on, on the shelf for seven weeks. But boys, this, I, I am expecting this Mets team to get a lot, even a lot better after the All-Star break. What say you? 800-919-3776. Is it, is it insane to assume that the Mets have a better team than the Yankees? Even though they don't have a better record right now? Is it insane to assume? What say you? Anita Marks with you this evening, 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> You hate to see good people, good teammates, good uh, competitors struggle like that. It's, it's painful for, uh, I shouldn't say struggle, just not 
perform at the level you know he's capable of. But through thick and thin, he hasn't changed effort or defense. He's been contributing. I looked out there today at his war. You know, he's still viewed as a, as a positive player. Uh, that's Buck uh, talking about Escobar, by the way. Every time I say that, I think of, um, you know, the, uh, what is it, the Netflix show? Narcos. There you go. <laughs> I think of Narcos every time I say Escobar. In 10 games, he's got three home runs and eight RBIs. Uh, you could have bet that he was going to hit a home run tonight at plus 370 and RBI at plus 144, and you can bet that I put money down on that bet that's for sure without further ado connor rogers joins us now on 98.7 espn you can see him all over bleacher report um has great mets coverage for sny as well and just an all-around cool dude connor welcome in anita thank you so much how you doing tonight i'm great uh let's start with you know arguably the biggest news here in new york besides what's going on in brooklyn and that is uh max scherzer getting his first start after seven weeks um what what are your expectations for uh, for for Max moving forward? Well, a huge a boost to this rotation, Anita, because it kicks out their long man Trevor Williams starting games, and he's really struggled. And I think the seven starts he's he's had to make now, he's been much better uh, as relief help, especially when the guy coming in for him is Max Scherzer, their number one starter, as long as Degrom is not back yet, as he's on his rehab assignment. But when you look at Scherzer. I would assume they let him go about 80 pitches tonight. I would assume now, obviously, there's been some thunderstorms in the area coming and going, so hopefully there's no breaks that ruin that flow. Now, Max is a little bit of a different guy, as we know. He comes into spring training, uh, throws more pitches out of the gate than anyone else. He knows his body. He uh, has his own routine. He is obviously more than an established veteran. So depending on the flow and the pace of the game and how he feels, maybe there is a situation that he goes beyond that marker. But I think – 80 would be where things cap it at but that is still the way he works the kind of pitcher he is they can get uh, four to five really good innings from him tonight and build up towards him being their typical six seven even eight inning kind of guy for the second half of the season the Mets would be thrilled with that especially with Jacob deGrom working his way back as well yeah, five and one with a two five four ERA before he went on the shelf for seven weeks I was reading they were anticipating six innings around 90 pitches tonight we'll see what happens as you said i'm sure uh with the rain possibly threatening uh more thunderstorms in the area uh if he does get going and then there's a significant rain delay highly doubt that he will be back in action so we'll see what happens i know there's three anticipating three starts before the all-star break and then the all-star break comes and as you mentioned um, Jacob DeGrom with a, a really, really nice outing down there in St. Lucie. I know he's scheduled for another outing on Friday. Um, I, I want to say as well, I, I had, I had read that some of his pitches were clocked at a hundred miles an hour, 101. That's ridiculous. Connor, can you imagine, can you imagine being able to throw a baseball a hundred miles an hour? And how routinely he does that, you know, that's what's crazy with DeGrom is that you have these relievers that come in and you know, they have about 15 to 20 all gas, no break kind of throws in that arm. And then we see what happens with them if they get themselves into trouble with walks or longer innings. With DeGrom, he's a guy that now, unfortunately, he has not been healthy over the last year. But before that, is somebody that can go out there for six to eight innings and, and you get better as the game goes on. So that's that a lot of people want him. They, they go, oh, scale it back so you stay healthy. This is not who he is, it's not who he could be. He probably would have a better chance of getting himself hurt if he tried to do that. So DeGrom has come out. Uh, in that rehab start where he pitched almost two innings, he faced six batters. He struck out five of them. 
he was throwing that slider, that power slider a lot. It's at the 91, 92 miles an hour. Uh, obviously, the fastball that tops 100 miles an hour, like you said. So DeGrom even said after the reporters, my shoulder is fine. Uh, he is itching to be back with his club. A Mets team that, truthfully, he has not seen at this time of year. Uh, this kind of team that has this many wins and sits atop the National League. So he's dying to be back, be a part of it, and be the front line of that rotation. Now, it's going to be a couple starts. He's probably got about three, maybe four rehab starts still in the bank for him because he hasn't pitched in so long, unlike Scherzer, who was coming back from a shorter-term injury like the oblique that was about six weeks. Uh, but DeGrom is dying to be back here for the, the post-All-Star break run. Again, Connor Rogers joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. So with that being said, Scherzer, DeGrom, what, what does this pitching rotation look like? You know, Bassett's been great. Walker has done well. Is, is, is David Peterson now the odd man out? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they would like, in a perfect world, Anita, and they have not lived anywhere close to a perfect world, they would love to eventually groom Peterson this year to be the long man, to be a guy that's not necessarily going to come in and clean up blowouts, but somebody that can give you multi-innings of relief, a, a lefty. They haven't had a dominant lefty in this bullpen this year. Obviously, they acquired somebody like Joely Rodriguez. It's been fine. They just designated Chase and Shree for assignment. So now there's a little bit of an opening for a lefty arm in that bullpen. So when you look at that situation, you hit a perfect world, and it's Depending how these guys look coming back, Scherzer, DeGrom, that's going to dictate what they do at the deadline as well. Maybe they still go out and get a sixth man, a sixth starter type of guy. They don't think they need a frontline kind of guy like a Castillo from the Reds or Frankie Montes from the A's. So when you look at it, assuming a perfect world that DeGrom and Scherzer are back, Bassett was traded for uh, before the season began, before spring training began as their number three. Taiwan Walker has pitched like their number one this year, but he had a tough second half last year so it's a little skeptical if he can continue that kind of run but he's been great sub three era this year uh he's won i think you know four of his last five starts and those are the top four guys and then carlos carrasco who's been up and down he's had a nice bounce back but he still has some first inning woes but if Carrasco's your number five you're in a really really good place and that's what the mets are hoping for and tyler mcgill will be back in, towards the end of august but i think in that kind of world with his lack of innings in his past that's another guy that would be in the bullpen for a postseason run. So, so with that being said, and and this is this is a show question I I, I just I, I threw out there before we had you come on, and uh, and we we've got some callers that want to chime in, and we'll get to your calls. I promise. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I was having this conversation with a, with a friend of mine yesterday, and that is, you know, is it as great as the Yankees have been this season? Um. Would you say it's foolish or naive to say that the Mets have a better team than the Yankees because we have not seen their best two pitchers? One, of course, for the, for, 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 for the entire season, and the other has been on the shelf for seven weeks. Is it, is it foolish to sit back and think, wow, you know what? As great as the Yankees are, this Mets team, they're better. Wow, it's a, it's a great debate. It's a great question. Now, anybody in sports will always defer to, you know, the what you are now. And unfortunately for the Mets, you know, uh, with, they've been without Jacob DeGrom for almost a full calendar year. So it, it's hard to sit there and envision the perfect world scenarios that he's back, you know, close out the last four or five months of a long season. But that's what everybody's hoping for, and that's what he expects. 
What I will say to that, Anita, is, and it's, it's tough, because the Yankees have the undisputed MVP in Aaron Judge, which is obviously a difference maker. They have a frontline guy like Derek Cole. They had an incredible breakout from a guy like Nestor Cortez. What I will say is, in a perfect world, and this is a lot of hope at the moment, going into the postseason, I don't know any team in baseball that matches up with Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer on back-to-back playoff games. I, I just don't. I don't know what team does that right now. Now, the Yankees have an incredible offense, once again, led by Judge. You obviously have plenty of good teams in the NL, including in the Mets division, the Braves, but obviously the Dodgers. But my answer to that is, in that perfect world, the Mets are built for the postseason when healthy. Huge, huge if. They have to show that first, better than anyone, because of DeGrom and Scherzer pitching back-to-back games. It's 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 going to be really this is going to be a great second half of the season. Um not to not to mention the I, I mean and, and, and how great is it that the subway the subway series the four games to its city to at, in in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium happen at the the second half of the season, right Connor where you know you, you one would only imagine especially the the first two games at City one two punch with Max and DeGrom. How crazy is that going to be? It's amazing. It's so good for New York City right now, especially with what's gone on with the Jets and Giants over recent years, how much uh, football has been, you know, kind of down and out by midway through October. It's sad to say. Now you look at it in baseball, since Steve Cohen has got in and obviously spent a lot of money to reinforce this Mets team, the Yankees obviously have a really incredible team right now and an incredible run. The fact that both teams – are playing at the top of their level in their league, in the American League and the National League right now. You're coming off a a really thrilling Rangers postseason. I know they came up short, but still thrilling. Uh, It's huge for New York City that sports, the New York City sports right now have not been what we have all come to expect as New York fans, New York locals. So I think for the Mets and the Yankees, when they're both doing this at the same time, no matter you know the Astros fans that are out there and saying, oh, Yankees fans, it doesn't mean anything right now, or the Dodgers or Braves fans saying it to the Mets fans, it doesn't mean anything right now. Uh, forget that. Enjoy this. This is an incredible first half of the MLB season. Both these teams are going to make moves to the deadline to give reinforce- reinforcements and stay at the top of their leagues right now. And this thing, Anita, is going to go right into the cold October nights. And I think that's something we should all be really, really excited about. Uh, I I can't wait, as Bart Scott likes to say. Can't wait. (laughs) Anyway, Connor, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy, enjoy your evening. Hopefully, this uh, this Mets Reds game will 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 be played out. Um, Hopefully, be great. Thanks so much, Anita. Always great talking to you. Thanks for having me. You got it. You got it. Connor Rogers again, all over Bleacher Report. uh, Covers the Mets for for SNY. Does a phenomenal job. And even into to football season, he does a great job covering, of course, the Jets and, and the Giants. All right. Um, so where does this stand right now? Um, zero, zero, bottom of the first. Max Scherzer just started dealing, as I like to call it. Uh, keep you up to speed on, on his stats and what he's able to, to do. Who are the Mets going up against? Lodolo. This will be his first start since April, by the way. So, um, you know, he's, he's been on the shelf himself. So two pitchers dealing, uh, battling it out for, for, of course, the Reds and the Mets, um, who, uh, who haven't been, as I like to call it, active and attractive as of late. Uh, another thing, and, and Richard, I see you, we'll, we'll get to you. I, I know you're calling in from Manhattan, like you always do, 800 919 
Um, you know, who, who out of the other teams out there, who do you feel can challenge the Yankees, right? Like, of course, you're going to say the Astros, right? Um, their starting pitching is, is ridiculous as well. It begins with Verlander and just continues. Um, their bullpen is excellent. Uh, their, their offense, I want to say their offense gets the most hits of any team in Major League Baseball. They play great defense. Um, they've got a great manager in, in Dusty as well. What are some of the other teams out there that you think are vying that that compete that can compete against the Mets, against the Yankees, against the Astros, against the Dodgers? Do the Phillies scare you at all? Like as I think, as they get closer to the trade deadline, um, you know, I think I think they're going to be they're going to be active and attractive as well. I think they're going to go after maybe an offensive uh, outfielder who who can play better defense. I think they're going to go after uh, some pitchers who are going to bolster their bullpen and. Don't sleep on the White Sox either. A lot of people felt the White Sox were the team that are going to win the World Series coming into this season. Uh, they're just missing a few pieces as well. Outfielder that, that can help their lineup with a little bit more power. Another team that's looking to better. I feel it's another thing. I feel like I feel like the majority of teams that are going to be as I again as I like to call it active and attractive and aggressive as we get close, closer to the August second trade deadline. I feel like everybody's looking for bullpen help. But I feel like that's the case each and every season, is it not? Anita Marks with you on this uh, on this Tuesday night after Fourth of July. Uh, maybe everybody is just uh, running with a, a low tank of gas after a, uh, a a a fun, hopefully a very fun uh, holiday weekend. Here for you talking about the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, soon we're going to turn our attention to the NBA. I'll get you up to speed on the latest. What's the latest being said about the Nets and KD and Kyrie and? Um, his, um, the mass exodus of these two dudes, uh, possibly to uh, Kyrie to the Lakers. And also uh, Dallas, the Mavs, not happy with the Knicks. I'll tell you why. Scherzer got through his, uh, his first inning. No hits, no runs in one strikeout. Hey now, um, not such great report uh, for the Yankees is uh, the Pirates are up 1-0. Um, Tyone, two innings, one hit, one run, three strikeouts. Um, Jake, you were ta- you were telling me who's 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 this Pirates so, guy? Who- <laughs> so we were actually, Jacob and I were talking. Their cleanup hitter is this guy Vogelbach, who's been in the league for Vogelbach. Quite- Vogelbach. He just sounds like someone. But I'm who, looking who I'm, weighs 300 pounds. So I'm looking it up right now because I said he might be the heaviest person in Major League Baseball. I'm looking it up. Is he like Bartolo Colon heavy? He is 270 pounds, and you can I think you, every pound you can see on the television. And we were talking about it, <laughs> and we said this guy is a mammoth of a human being. And a split second later, he hit the ball like 500 feet. So yes, it is one nothing Pittsburgh. Thanks to Vogelbach, but uh, as Vogelbach. I said to you, 20- where's he? Where's he from? It sounds like you know he was born in Orlando, Florida. What? So not too far away from you. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Were you hanging out with Vogelbach down in Miami? That's that sounds like you know somebody who frequents Disney their whole life. But Vogelbach. He's, but he's actually been in the league for uh for seven years now, so he's not new. But he is the cleanup hitter for Pittsburgh now, and he did some damage tonight versus the Yankees. There we go. So, unfortunately, the Yankees are down 1-0 to the Pirates. But as Jake likes to say, there's... 27 outs. And as I... Are you wearing your t-shirt? Are you wearing your 27-out t-shirt? I am not, unfortunately. But a guy who I want to (laughs) say, there's been some disappointments this year. We all know Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks and a few other (laughs) players have been disappointments. 
But one guy that wasn't even in the lineup on opening day that Yankee fans need to be really excited about is Glaber Torres, who, as I'm speaking, hits a double to make it second and third with two outs. So we'll see what happens there. But Glaber Torres is a guy that Yankee fans were kind of giving up on. And look at him tonight, batting third, being productive as he's been the last few weeks. And he's really one of the most important parts of this Yankees offense. All right. So with that being said, before I go to Richard, uh, really quick, because I know you're a big Yankees fan. What, 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 what emotion comes over you when I say, but you know, Jake, the Mets really do have the better team. Here's the thing. I don't know who has the better team. I, I really don't. As that, a, but that wasn't, that wasn't my question. That wasn't I, my question. I, my, I, my, if, if you, if you, and I, you and I are sitting at a bar, right, in your new bachelor pad over there, wherever, in New York City, and we're at a sports bar, we're, we're watching, you know, we've got Yankees on one team, we've got the Mets on the other. Let's say right now, let's, we'll transport ourselves to a sports bar somewhere in the city, both games are on, we're drinking some beer, and I turn to you and I say, I said, look at this. Pirates are already up 1-0 on the Yankees. You're going to turn to me and you're going to say, yeah, Anita, 27 outs on a ball game. I'm, and I'm going to turn and I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to say, but you know what? Yeah. No Scherzer for seven weeks. No DeGrom so far for the entire season, Jake. You, we both know the Mets are the better team. What, do you, what, what, what emotion I would say to you, what, Anita. What, what, what will you respond? I would what will respond be your response to, you? to me in that sports I would bar, say, Jake? If we're judging that the Mets are better because the Yankees are losing one nothing to the Pittsburgh Pirates on July 5th, then I would say that is not a great argument. But I would say this. I don't know who's better, but I do think that the Yankees do have more obstacles on the road to get to a World Series. I don't think it's just the Astros that they, they're going to need to get through. I really think... Every team in the American League East besides the Orioles, who I don't know if people have been looking, they're actually, besides the Yankees and the Astros, they actually have the most wins in the American League since June 1st, which is actually absurd and crazy to think. But the Red Sox are now in second place, the Rays and the Blue Jays, who a lot of people expected to win the American League before the season. I think just that alone gives the Yankees a harder chance to win the World Series. In the National League, I think it's really the Mets, the Dodgers, and maybe the Braves. Well, okay, so a a few things that I do want to dive in there and unpack with you when we get back. We will kick kick off our second hour. Richard, I see you in Manhattan. We will get to you as well. Uh, Coming up this hour as well, I want to switch gears and talk some NBA, get you up to speed on what's going on with the Nets and the Knicks. Uh, The latest, I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like every day... I'm either on Twitter or I'm online and the story changes, right? Like one day Kyrie and Katie hate each other. They don't want to play with one another. They can't stand each other. Oh, can't stand the incense in the, uh, in, in, in the locker room. Can't stand the fact that you weren't vaxxed. And then the next minute, like, you know, bosom buddies and, uh, and, and they want to play together again. I, I, I can't, like, I can't like every day. It's something new. Mark Spears is going to join us at eight 30. We'll get the latest. Okay, we'll, we'll find out what's going on from Mark Spears. Also, I booked Stefania Bell for the show. Why? Uh, Scherzer, back on the bump tonight, doing well so far. I know early, it's just one inning, but no hits, no runs. But, but just how dangerous, I don't want to use the word dangerous, that's not the right word. How concerned should Mets fans be considering the, the injury, the oblique injury and the percentage of re-injuring it and why? I think that's important and also... 
I want to talk to her about DeGrom as well. I thought it'd be great to have her on just to get us up to speed on what's going on with Scherzer and DeGrom and their injuries and what we, what we can realistically expect and possibly look forward to to the second half of the season. So all that's still coming your way. Nita Marks with you on this Tuesday night here on 98.7 ESPN. So still 0-0 against the Reds. Uh, Scherzer back out there yet again. And uh, boy, is he dealing. He looks good. He looks good tonight. Unfortunately for the Yankees, still uh, still down to the Pirates, 1-0, uh, but 27 innings, of course. All right, let's take a look at the standings and, 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 and just I, I want to I, I respond to what Jake had to say. Um, you know, pretty much Jake was making the point that he feels that the road to the World Series is easier in the National League than it is in the American League, okay, pertaining to the Yankees. Now, Here's the thing. This is American League. Both, both the AL East and the NL East started slow, right? But here's the thing, Jake. Yankees got a 13-game lead on the Red Sox. So let's just say second half of the season, Red Sox start playing better, Blue Jays start playing better. Um, Rays, you're saying don't sleep on the Orioles, not that they're going to do much, but they could you know, upset a few times. I want to say the Yankees have 32 or 34 more games against American League East opponents. So in assuming the biggest criticism with them in the first half of the season is that their schedule was a little too easy. Maybe now a little bit more realistic, the American league East competitive Um, in the central, you know, the twins have been good Cleveland's you know, I I think those are, you know, obviously, like I said, the Chicago White Sox, a lot of people think that they're going to be aggressive. Dombrowski's going to be aggressive, go out there and 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 get some more pieces and parts in order for them to, to really compete. They're only five and a half games back to the Twins. So I think that's going to be an interesting competitive American League Central with the Twins, the Guardians, and the White Sox uh, for the remainder of the season. And of course, you know the Astros are going to come out of the West, right? So... Um, I hear what you're saying. The biggest competition for the Yankees may be the Red Sox in their division. Who knows? Maybe the Blue Jays, definitely the Astros. They're going to have to get through in the postseason, and we'll see how much better the White Sox get as well as Cleveland and, and the Twins. For the National League, listen, as you said, like you don't sleep on this Atlanta Braves team now. Have you seen what Atlanta's been doing as of late? I mean, they're, they're, they're waking up. And, um, you know, the, the Mets, again, this is a National League East team that started slow. They're starting to get better. The Phillies are starting to get better. This is a Mets team. Unfortunately, Jake, they don't have that 13-game lead to the Braves. It's only three and a half. And with the Phillies, it's only eight. And I think, I think, the, I think the, the, that division is not only going to be as, just as competitive, if not more, for the Yankees, but here's, here's the downfall. They don't have that 13-game lead that the Yankees have, right? And then in the Central, of course, you've got the Brewers, the Cardinals, uh, and, then, and then, of course, the Dodgers and, and, and the Padres in the West. So I understand what you're saying. I just don't know if I totally buy in, Jake. Well, what I mean is in a playoff series, if the Yankees, at this point, I think everyone— I don't want anything can happen. I don't want to say it's safe to say that the Yankees are going to make the postseason, but looking at the way that they've been playing, most people would think that they make the postseason. Now with this new format with three wild card teams, if the season ended right now, the three wild card teams would be from the American League East with the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays. 
Yankee fans listening to this right now, yeah, this year the Yankees are probably the better team. They have been the better team. But in a series versus the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Astros, I don't think any Yankee fan is going to go into that series thinking this is a definite win. With the Mets, on the other hand, a lot of these central teams, with the Brewers, the Cardinals, the West, besides the Dodgers, the Padres, I really give the Mets the upper hand in all of those series. And the Braves have made a wild comeback. I mean, they won... They started the month of June with 14 straight wins or whatever it was and made a lot and caught up a lot and a lot of ground on the Mets. But the interesting thing with that is the Mets and the Braves still have to play each other 13 times left this season. So if the Braves, who play the Mets in the next couple of weeks, if they just sweep them one series, all of a sudden they're tied in the standing. So you're right. The Mets clearly don't have the lead that the Yankees have. But if the Mets do get into the postseason, I like their chances, especially with DeGrom and Scherzer back, over most of the National League teams, where in comparison with the Yankees, once it's the postseason, I think they're pretty much even ground with the Astros, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox. What say you? Nita Marks with you on this uh, on this Tuesday night. Mark Spears joins us here. You see him all over ESPN, does a phenomenal job. Uh, covering uh, the NBA, senior NBA writer for ESPN. Mark, welcome in. Good evening. Thanks for spending some time with us. Do appreciate it. I know you're busy. Um, First things first. I feel like every day I either go on social media or I go online and I'm reading about the Nets and I'm reading about KD and I'm reading about Kyrie and it's something new. It's a different storyline. So the latest right now that's out there right now is that possibly, maybe, KD requested a trade to give Kyrie leverage so that the Nets will sign him to a long-term deal. That's what's out there right now. Why is it that every day there's a new story surrounding this saga? <laughs> because there's nothing left in free agency. So <laughs> there's nothing that Like, who's a hot free agent now? DeAndre Ayton, which we probably should be talking about a lot more, but I mean that's that's my only guess. That that last one, that's that's new to me. I hadn't heard that one. And 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 I don't and I don't quite understand. You know, like here's another thing: Do these dudes like each other, or do they not like each other? Like, is Katie upset with him? Like Harden was upset with him about not getting vaxxed. Then there's a report that Katie not only it was double fold, not only was Katie upset about the not vax but he was upset that the team allowed him to play on road games. Like, so how yeah. upset are you? Are you upset to the point where you don't want to play with this cat anymore? Like, wherever he goes, we know that there's drama. Yeah. So, so I, I don't, like, you know, can, can you shed light? Do you even, like, can you shed light on their relationship at all? And in, in, in what, in what is reality when it comes to that? Uh, I've been very curious about that. I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we may not even know once this is finalized because, um, they both always kind of been a little coy about, um, what's going on, um, publicly. So I, I don't know that we'll ever get a, a, a true answer on it, but I just know that if you look at the timeline, line, it is kind of intriguing to me that. Um, Kevin's request didn't come until after Kyrie requested to get moved to the Lakers. 
that's what's interesting to me. It's like, well, I mean, because he certainly could ask after the season, right? He could have asked once they got eliminated. But the timing, to me, the timing is like the where the tea leaves are to me to, to pay attention. It's like, why all of a sudden now uh, is it time, you know? And um, I, I I think there's probably some if, – if there's something to try to, like, dissolve, I mean, to – figure out i think that's the moment yeah i i, I hear you it's it, it's it's very very perplexing to me l- l- let me ask you this before we get into uh, you know uh, potential um teams that 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 both these guys could go to if if, if you were to if, if you were to give a percentage of you know this this nets katie slash Kyrie fence being mended and potentially us seeing them not go anywhere and have Katie and Kyrie and Ben Simmons and whatever supporting cast that will be there now. Um, what would you think? The, what, what would you say the likelihood of that could happen? If if you could give me a percentage. Ten. Yeah, I just maybe out of just like desperation, as you mentioned uh, earlier, there's just nothing available. But I do think there. You know, uh, is things available perhaps for Kyrie? But here's the thing: like, okay, how how patient will the Lakers be, right? If they're trying to move Russ, because there potentially could be something in Indiana. You know, we, I keep hearing that. You know, Indiana wants to cut salary, and they could potentially uh, move somebody like Miles Turner, right? And um, uh, that would that would be he's he's been on on the list for a while. Um, help me because I'm just coming from summer league. My mind is kind of uh, the sharpshooter. That no, that's okay. That's really no, no, that's um, okay. That's okay. Let's you know, let's. But no, go ahead. but what I'm saying is, um, help help me out. Give me that name. The, uh, shoot, I know the Buddy Hill. Like I know your wife, your Buddy Hill. Yes, Buddy Hill. Um, to me, like those are two guys that you know I'd keep an eye on in terms of them trying to shed their salary. And I've heard rumors of Indiana perhaps being interested in Russ. So, like, how patient are the Lakers going to be if they do want to move Russ? Are they going to keep waiting for this Durant thing to figure out, or are they going to be like, you know what, uh, we we have this in Indiana. Let's just go ahead and do that because that gives us a shooter and another big that's really, really good. And if AD can't play, you know, so maybe that could serve him just as well, or even serve more, uh, fix more problems for him. So that, that's the puzzle to it. Like there's things being held up, uh, not only for Kyrie, I think for the whole league, because people are trying to maybe figure out what package they can make. That, that could make the Nets attractive for Kevin because it's Kevin freaking Durant. Why don't you? Of course you do. That's why the Warriors call. Like, why wouldn't you call for Kevin Durant, right? But it's um, when you're in their position, the Nets position, you're going to do, you know, what's best for you and not what's best for, for Kevin. But ultimately, Kevin's going to can say yes or no. And um, so it's, in other words, it's a very, very complicated, fluid situation. But my worry is one NBA executive told me for the Nets is 
that the longer they wait, the more teams might be like, ah, I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm good. Like, we'll, we'll move on. And that could perhaps take away something potentially good in a trade. Again, Mark Spears joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. You mentioned the Golden State Warriors, uh, and, and I know that was a report out there uh, last week. And, you know, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head in regard to looking at the, the package of players that the Golden State Warriors could potentially offer the Nets and still yeah. maintain the big three. Because here's the thing. Everything we're hearing, Mark, is that, you know, the, the, the Nets want the world, right? They want, like, two all-stars. They want, yeah. you know, some young, upcoming players that they know are, are going to be superstars, plus four first-round draft picks. Who knows? Restricted, unrestricted. And, and yet Katie wants to go to a team that's ready to win now. And so, yeah, yeah when, when, you, when you look at some of the potential trades that could go down, you're like, oh, well, that works out for KD, but, oh, that stinks for the Nets. Oh, that, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the young, exciting talent that's there in Golden State because their front office does such a phenomenal job drafting could happen. And I, I think, to me, that, that could be the best deal for both sides. Yeah. And that's what I was saying in the beginning, and I know a lot of it kind of got misconstrued, but so I'll, I'll just clear it up now. Like, my point was, and I said in the beginning of the radio interview last Sunday, was as each passing day goes, I, I just wonder if that ends up being a more intriguing place for both sides by what you just said, is that you know, for Kevin, it's a place that he knows. It's a place that he's won in. They're the champs. Um, they like what is Phoenix better if you get rid of Aiton or Mikael Bridges in the deal, right? Um, is Miami better if they lose Bam Adebayo in the process? Like, I don't know that there's a place better than Golden State where he could go to where they still would be a championship team. And so, but on the flip side, like, I I don't know what the p- potential package would be. I would I can assume the players that would be involved, but, like, what team has better young talent to give them? <laughs> like, if, like, Wiggins is there and w- Wiseman, like, this summer league will be big for Wiseman to see how he plays. Kaminga is going to be special. We know Poole's going to be special, right? Moody's on the – they like – what team has a collection of greatness, how, three Hall of Famers, but yet all this young talent under 30 or even under 25? And so if, in, in order for that to work, like, they'd have to move Ben Simmons somewhere because you can't trade for Wiggins and have Ben Simmons because they're both on their rookie extension. But, um, you know, if, if they want that to work, I'm sure they could find another place for Ben, right? It's all complicated. It's all a mess. But I think with each passing day, like, Golden State's talent is still there, right? There's no expiration date before the season starts. They could – they ultimately, what does Steph want to do, right? What does Draymond want? What do Clay want? And so I think the quandary that Warriors fans, when they think about it, they're like, well, we're mortgaging our future. But – that the future doesn't guarantee you anything. Do we know that that's going to be a championship caliber team? I know that if Durant comes and he's playing 
with Steph, a healthy Clay, and Draymond again, like, why would we not think that they would at least win one or two? Let, let me ask you this before I let you go, and, 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 and here's the elephant in the room, is it not? And that is, yeah. will Katie even go back there? I mean, we hear, you know, will that will, will those fences be mended? I don't know what happened with, with Kerr, but, you know, obviously something's not great there. Yeah. The organization, not quote-unquote forcing him, but suggesting he play when physically, health-wise, health, health we know yeah. obviously he wasn't ready, and whatever happened with Draymond Green. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm with you, Mark. Well, like, like, I, I, like I, hear, I, hear this, this, uh, I hear this being the perfect deal, but c- could this yeah, work again? But, but, but let me stop you. Let me, let me stop you there, too, because he and Steph are still close. Him and Draymond did a podcast together. He talks to him and Bob Myers have a good relationship. So I think the only question is whether he and Steve Kerr can get on the same page. What 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 went down between deal, him and Steve Kerr? What? Uh, I just think a difference in philosophy. But maybe after what he just been through, the grass you know might not be so bad. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you figure it right. out. I hear and, you. I know Steve would – what's Steve going to say? No, you don't want to coach him? Steve would figure it out. I mean, it's like um, what they say, the evil you know versus what you don't know. Now, going to Monty – he and Monty Williams are very close. They they have a strong relationship dating back to Oklahoma City. Um, So I I think for him, it's like at this point in your career, what do you see, 34? Like, you're trying to win, man. So, like, any little – stuff from the past is really not that big a deal in the long run. I think at this point you kind of let it go and and try to win a championship. And for him, I would think at this point, like, do you, do you love all your coworkers? Probably not, right? But if they help you put on a good show, then you work with them. You're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear you. Mark, thank you so much. I, again, I, I know how busy you are, uh, and so please know how much we appreciate no, your time. No, me and you are good, man. Shoot, <laughs> I, always, I always have fun with you. I appreciate it, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, and enjoy right. your week out there. All right, take care. You got it. Mark Spears joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, it, it's, you know, he makes a good point, right? Like, and, and, and it makes sense, right? Golden State Warriors – their front office and what they've been able to do and how they've been able to draft, they just have, and, and he listed them, Wiggins, Kuminga, um, Looney, Poole, Weissman. I, you, you can trade, you know, let's say four of those top guys along with some draft picks. That will make the Nets happy. Katie goes back to uh, the Golden State Warriors, still can play with Curry, Clay, and, and Draymond. Everybody's happy, no? I just I, I don't know about you. I don't see another c- scenario with an, with another team out there that's that's as good as that for both parties involved. I just don't. Uh, Stefania Bell joins us, one of the best in the business, not just at ESPN across the board when it comes to players and injuries and breaking it all down. Nobody does it better than her. Stefania, great to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. It's my pleasure. I'm watching Max Scherzer tonight. This is, you know, I wanted to see how he looked, and it's like he hasn't missed a beat, really. Right? He looks great. 
He looks great. So again, I wanted to, to bring you on because it's not just Max Scherzer, of course, who's coming back from that oblique strain, but it, it's also Jacob deGrom, who of course had a, a, a rehab start down in St. Lucie uh, this past week, looked great. He's got another one coming up on Friday. Mets fans excited to get him back in this rotation after the All-Star break. So I wanted to talk to you about both these players. Let's start with Max first and foremost. As we know, on the shelf for seven weeks, oblique strain... But also, this is an injury from what I gather, um, you know, hearing your video on, on ESPN.com today, that, that this, is a, this is an injury that, that really has ball clubs um, in concern because of the, the likelihood or the possibility of re-injury. And if you can, kind of break, break that down for everybody. Yeah, so the oblique is a large abdominal muscle, and it contributes a lot to rotation. So for these pitchers, when they're throwing crossbody, um, it's become a common injury. Actually, it affects pitchers and hitters. And more often with pitchers, it's the contralateral side, like so the lead side opposite the throwing arm. And it, there's no way to avoid using the abdominals when they come in hard. So when you come back, if you're going to pitch the way you did before the injury, you're going to be calling on that muscle with max effort. So what they have to figure out as they're bringing a player back is when do they believe it's really safe to return and to return at that max level? And I think you love, you know, the physical therapist to me, you love to have a player who's really on board and very tuned into what he's feeling like Max Scherzer, because you know, he's going to report every little thing. And if you look at what happened with him after his first rehab start, because much ado was made about how he was not going to be a rumble pony for long, right? He wanted out. He wanted to get back to the majors, but he had soreness after that first start. And they said, you know what? Let's wait. Make sure you're good. Have a second start. You need to really feel confident that you're not feeling anything and you can go at a hundred percent. And he got that after that last outing. So they were ready to bring him back. There's about a 10 and a half percent re-injury rate across Major League Baseball players with this type of injury. And he had a moderate to high-grade injury. It was not insignificant. So that's why it took so long to bring him back. You saw it's nearly seven weeks, and they really wanted to make sure that he felt completely pain-free before they brought him back into the rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and again, 10% chance of, of re-injuring, it's, it's, it's really smart. And, and here's another thing. Stefania, you know, teams don't have the luxury of the fact that it's not just one, but of course, we're, we're, and we're, we're about to talk about DeGrom as well, but it's two, two of their best pitchers, two aces that have been on the shelf, one for seven weeks, the other for th the entire season so far, but yet this is a team that still has the second best record in the National League and top 10 in regard to power rankings, even without these two dudes in their rotation. So there's, you know, there's not a lot of teams that have the luxury to be able to do that because we see it time and time again. I know you and I cover a lot of NFL where we see a lot of teams wanting rushing players, their medical staff wanting rushing players to come back because they really, especially the playmakers, because they really need them on the field to try to help them win, right? It, well, it's true. And if you have competitive players, they want to be out there. I mean, that's that's the hard mm -hmm. part, too, is sometimes it's the players who are pushing really hard to get back. But you're right. And if you're the Mets, you love the position you're in because it's a long season. We all know that. And we really have had a couple of abnormal seasons because of COVID. So we haven't really had players go the distance um, from the very beginning. And even this year, we started with a lockout. So you know, it's still we still haven't hit a normal season. But 
you want your best people performing at their peak when it counts, when you're in the race at the end for the playoffs, when you're in position in terms of whether you're going to have home field advantage, all of those things matter. You want them delivering their best performance yet in an odd sort of way, they could end up getting that from Scherzer and DeGrom because of the fact that they're starting a little bit later. I mean, very different injuries in different situations. And Max Scherzer, to be clear, this is the longest he's been out in a 15-year career. So he's just not a guy who gets injured much. And we used to say that about DeGrom, but he's really struggled over the last year. And, and to me, his situation is a little more concerning because he had this cumulative set of injuries all of last year that were all up and down his throwing arm. And, and this one was just the latest this spring with the stress reaction in the scapula. Uh, again, Stefania Belt joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, so so with that being said, and again, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm hosting. I've I've got the Mets game up on my in, in my studio, and I'm watching uh, Scherzer deal now. Uh, you know, he's he's got another strikeout, so uh, he's just he's looking great. No score right now with the Reds zero zero. He's looking fantastic. Uh, so so now with Degrom. Again, uh, had a start in in St. Lucie. I, I want to say did extremely well. I want to say like what like extremely struck out like well. eight 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 strikeouts, yeah. something like that, in the very limited limited time that he did. He's got another he's got another start coming up in, on Friday. Uh, you know, give us give us a little bit more detail in regard to his injury and you know the ramp up for him. We're not expecting him to join this rotation and get into some action until after the All Star break. Right and. All of that is because of the things I mentioned, this multiple, you know, this cascade of injuries really up and down his throwing arm if you go back to last year. And uh, so let's start with what we saw recently. The rehab start um, was phenomenal this weekend, struck out five out of six batters he faced. Remember, he is throwing in single A ball. So, you know, even a maybe not 100% DeGrom is probably still pretty scary. But what's more notable is that he hit over 100 miles per hour on seven of his 24 pitches. So you know he's throwing it. This is not like, – he's not throwing light. Like, he is delivering. Uh, that is very sharp outing for him. He will probably have three to five rehab starts because they have to treat it like stretching out your throwing arm like what you would do over a spring training because, of course, he has not been in a regular season game yet this year. If you go back to last year, Anita – DeGrom had, and I'll run through this list for you, flat inflammation, right flexor tendonitis, uh, shoulder soreness episode, and then a partial tear of his ulnar collateral ligament. That's the one we refer to as the Tommy John ligament. And that's sort of where he ended the season was with that sprained UCL. So we all came into the spring thinking, how is his elbow going to be? Was the time off enough? Uh, was a situation where just the downtime would allow him to get back to what he needed to be. And then we never really got to see it because, lo and behold, he ends up with a stress reaction, which is basically a precursor to a stress fracture, a bony abnormality in his shoulder blade on that throwing side. So for me, the question is, we haven't seen him pitch for an extended period of time. And what we really don't know is, as, as healthy as bone is, what happens at the elbow? I, to me, that's the big question. He has so much mileage on his arm. You know, if you go back to the pre-COVID year, the three consecutive years, 2019, um, back to 2017, he threw over 200 innings each of those years. A lot of mileage on his arm. Uh, throws with a ton of heat. And, 
you just wonder, is are we starting to see the normal age-related decline? You get in ACE pitchers, and we kind of hit it with DeGrom. I don't know. This is what remains to be seen. Great stuff as always, uh, Stefania, and thank you so much for joining us so late this evening. Um, I, I, I just I, I thought it'd be great to have you on and, and, and get your in your insight in regard to these two these two pitchers, obviously, because so much is riding on the second half of the season and with them rejoining the rotation. So I I do appreciate you, my friend. It's so great to hear your voice. I miss you. No, oh, same here. Miss you too. And these are two of my favorite uh, pitchers to watch. So I, I, I hope they come back and they continue to deliver for the second half of the season. You and me both and, and, and all of the Mets fans listening right now. Stefania, thank you so much. You have a great evening. Thanks, you too. You got it. Stefania Bell joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.